Hello and welcome. I thought I would run our first rebroadcast of a special episode of the Unique CPA podcast with a unique host in Mr. Randy Crabtree, who's an upcoming guest on our podcast. And I am a guest on his. And if you enjoyed this episode, please check out the Unique CPA podcast on your local podcast provider and hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome. We are all the sons and daughters of CPAs. Join us as we question the current state of the accounting and tax industry with the next generation of professionals leading this space. We are all the change agents in an industry fraught with money and inertia. Let's begin the Unique CPA podcast. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to the Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Scott Scarano. Scott is president of Paget Business Services in North Carolina, and he is founder and co-host uh, with, it seems like, very many different co-hosts of the podcast, Sons of CPAs. Scott, welcome to our podcast, The Unique CPA. Oh, I'm excited to be on. I'm excited to have How's you. How's it going, Randy? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. You? I'm good. Yeah, yeah I'm great. And where are you sitting today? You're in North Carolina, right? Raleigh, North Carolina, in my basement. In your basement. Not the, my new mo- normal recording room, as, as we said, but this is my office. Um, and I honestly, I have a clear schedule after this. So oh, we're going hours excited. then. We're going hours. This, this may <laughs> no, be an all-day event. That, yeah. <laughs> a marathon. Yeah. Well, I'm used to it, though. I mean, on Monday, we had, I think I recorded for two or three hours, different guests and different specials so well your 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 podcast i've noticed you do tend to have some lengthy ones right i mean i think i saw that john garrett was on and it looked like it was close to an hour is is that normal yeah. yeah well i don't know if it's normal in the podcast world but since we started recording we always just blocked off an hour to record and when i'm editing I don't know what to take out. Right. Like uh, sometimes we'll record for over an hour and I try to trim it down to an hour. That's what happened with John's. It was like an hour and 20 minutes. I trimmed it down to try to be in the 50 minute range somewhere. Got to fit the ads in there too. Uh-huh. So there's uh, you know, usually two minutes for two ads. So four minutes of ads. So we try to keep about an hour on the regular episodes. And then I try to do my specials during the week down to in the 20 minute range somewhere. Yeah, I do know. I did notice that we're just going on. We're going to go off topic already just, uh, but I did <laughs> notice you have uh, quite a few. I mean, you know, we're once every other week and it looked like you were multiple times per week. How often do you release episodes? Oof. So uh, yeah, we, Sunday is son's day, right? That's the guest. We usually, ah. um, a guest episode, a regular episode schedule on that cadence. And then somewhat during the week, maybe Wednesdays, sometimes Thursdays, I'll do a special. Right now, we're currently doing a series with Nicole McKenzie, and I call it I call her Nix because she spells her name with an N-I-K. Okay. So I call her Nix. We call it Nix Tips, and we do a word that starts with the letter P as it relates to running our firms. 
So <laughs> we got a series of P letters. I don't know how this came up, but it's cool. It's so it's just P letters. This is just random. I mean, they're... processes, profitability, pricing, podcasts, payroll, professionalism, partners. It goes on. I think we've done like 12 of them so far. I don't know how many I've released. Wow. That's amazing. All right. See, it's unique. That's why you're on the unique CPA here. Yeah. I love your name. I love the name of this. I honestly don't remember how we got that other than I didn't want, you know, I don't want to say anything. I'm going to use somebody else's podcast name and make fun of us. So I just didn't want anything that was just generic. Like, let's talk accounting. Yeah. And it's, uh, I just realized this two days ago that the word unique and unicorn are almost the same word. So I, I assume that a unicorn is a unique horse and you're a unique CPA. There you go. I don't so have any horns, but uh, right. <laughs> that's it. I do feel I'm a unique CPA. I've done quite a few things in the industry. And, and so maybe that's where we got it. I think someone else came up with it though. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. I, well, I, no, it just came to me. I said, yeah, that sounds okay. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That is a good name. So I'm glad we did it. All right. Enough about me. Uh, well, yeah. This is all about you today, but I'll make it about me too. What the heck? Um, that's how we always do. That's what I always <laughs> like Ackerman always like my, my one co-host always says it's not about me, but honestly, and it is about you too, because you're the co-host, you're the host of this. So yeah. it's about you. It's about your guest. And as it relates to running, I mean, I guess that's kind of the, what's the tagline of this show. It's the unique CPA. Yeah, that'd be, it'd be good if I knew that because then I should probably keep the shows based on that, but it's basically, okay. I think I know it. Keeping, keeping you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with interesting leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. I love it. I think that's it. Something like that right there. Like that's kind of in different words in your own words. That's almost what ours is. And I I almost have ours memorized. I've been, I've been doing that for a year now, but that's ours is like, um, well, you'll, I guess you'll have to listen to the sons of CPAs to know ours, but I say it every episode. (laughs) Do you see they recorded mine? So that's why I didn't think I remembered it. And I probably Uh missed part of it, but, uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about, cause you and I were talking ahead of time and, and it's funny cause you know, we'd never met until two months ago via a, uh, just a, a connection and, but then we were talking before the show, we know a lot of the same people. And I, I think it's partly or maybe fully the podcast world that has done this, but you know, you're in North Carolina, I'm Chicago, although, you know, during the winter, I'm on the West coast just to avoid the Chicago winters mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But I was just looking through the list. I mean, John Garrett, who you just had on the show, Josh Lance, who he has been on the show a couple times. He was on our virtual conference, Kristen Keats. I know real well, Terrell Turner has been on the show. Blake Oliver was on the show. And it's, it's really interesting doing podcasts because you get to meet all these interesting people and, and it, you know, they don't have to be in your backyard to do it. So I assume the podcast has uh, increased your world as well. It's increased my ego, maybe. <laughs> well, it, no, I mean, it's, uh, it has, it has, it, it's made the world a lot bigger and smaller at the same time. And I know I've, I've said this in the past about zero. Zero did that for me first. Okay. By inviting me to be on their partner advisory council, the XPAC. That's how I met a lot of the, my core group of people that I kind of pal around with. Like when you mentioned Josh. Mm-hmm. And all of our connections kind of started at ground zero, no pun intended. Um, and it kind of built up <laughs> nice. from there. I built a lot of these friendships. And then that's kind of how this podcast started. Even though Ackerman wasn't in my class of 
XPAC. He was in the class. He graduated before me almost. I, I call XPAC the uh, high school that we all went to, right? And he graduated <laughs> before me. I've already graduated. There's some new people in now in the next freshman class, but that's kind of how it all started. And then as I started doing the podcast, I poke my head outside of my own world, out in the real world. I start meeting all of these new people. And then when you bring up these names, it's like, oh yeah, I know him from this, or I know him from this, or I know her from this, I know her from this. And so it's comforting to kind of know that there's a place in this world. And a lot of people kind of have that same watering hole almost. And I don't know what that watering hole is, but I think it's accountancy or accounting or CPA world. That's, that's where we live in, right? It is. There's, the, there's an industry connection for sure. And, and then there's all different aspects within there, which is, that's what I find so interesting. I mean, talking with Josh and the, you know, he was a virtual office, you know, well before anybody else and people had to catch up over the last two years and, oh, and yeah. building a niche practice and just, you know, it just, all the unique stories everybody has. I just, I just have fun. Deep in my heart. I want to be Josh. Josh is the stake of it all. And I'm just sizzle on all, on all ends. <laughs> Josh kind of has the, he's the meat and the potatoes uh, all in one. Like, and, and I remember a lot of the things that we do at our firm were ideas I got from Josh. And I know Josh got them from other industry. He's got his ear to the streets too, but he's a, you know, he's an integrator and visionary all in one, mm-hmm. which is amazing. I mean, I, he wouldn't call himself that, but I call him that. Yeah. I don't know how many years more he can be on the 40 under 40. I'm guessing he's getting close to a, a, a not qualified yeah, anymore. He's got about a year and a half left, um, <laughs> give or take. And he's right. about my age. So All yeah. Right. So he's, he's getting close, but he's uh, he and I have a connection other than just the podcast in the accounting world is we're both uh, craft beer fans. And uh, you're also both Chicago. We um, are both Chicago, yeah. although we have not got together in person yet, even though that was the plan. But uh, Josh will be probably excited to hear is that, uh, and I don't know if you know uh, uh, this or not, but uh, a very uh, uh, sought after beer is being released uh, out here in California, where I am right now on Friday. So Pliny the Younger is going to be at my local bar, my local. I'm here for a month in this area, my local. And I'm I'm guessing Josh will be jealous that I get to go taste this beer. I don't know if you're into beer at all. I'm into weed. If you're in (laughs) California, I'm in North Carolina. So that is where my head's at. And I'm, I'm not high right now, but most of the time I am, especially when I record. And that's, I don't know if it's a downside. I'm starting to smoke less, but I don't drink much. All right. And honestly, like that's my, uh, envious side is like you're in California and it, I would love to start the next untapped. Have you heard of untapped? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm on. I yeah, don't I wanna, use it I much call anymore, it, but yeah, I want to call it unfiltered and have right. it be with weed, you know, really? different, um, marijuana products. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to get into the app world and try to develop an app. I'm just kidding. but. <laughs> Well, it's probably some money in that. Uh, I'm thinking Untap's probably done all right. I did see that on your uh, LinkedIn profile at the very end that you say Scott is very into weed, I think you said, or something Uh, like that. So Scott loves weed, and I didn't even write that. Liz Mason wrote that for me, Um, and I left it in there. I was like, I I think we were doing something sometime last year, and she says, do you have a bio? And I said, no. And I said, do you want to write it for me? She said, (laughs) yes. And she wrote an awesome bio. So I put it on my LinkedIn and I use that anytime I need a bio. And I left that, that spot in there. There you go. Obviously. Yeah. Nice. Well, is it legal where you are? Uh, No, it's not. So there's that too. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get a (laughs) knock on my door in a minute, but I mean, it's very discreet these days. It's not like I have flour or anything. It's all these vapor pods 
that I'll get from other states when I go to Denver, or when I right. go to California, and I'll just bring the pods home. My parents bought me a bunch last time they were in Denver and they really? drove it back. Huh. Yeah, they brought me Lil Wayne's weed. Okay. <laughs> so I've got Lil Wayne cartridges. He's got his own like proprietary thing going on and, and Jakua. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we don't need to make this podcast about that, but no, that, that is a not. vertical. That's an industry vertical. You oh. guys are in craft brewery or Josh's. Oh, yeah. Liz's big vertical because she's in a state that it's legal is cannabis right. industry. And that's a huge. And I, me and my um, operations manager at my firm, we're just waiting for the day that it's legal in North Carolina because that's a vertical that we will dive into head first. Um, yeah, for sure. It is big. I mean, every every CPA firm that I deal with, I deal with CPA firms around the country. If they're in a state where it's legal, that they have their own division just dealing with that. I did a webinar on it, that industry a year ago, where I you know was reaching out to everybody I knew in the industry that it, it deals with that. And there's just so much information out there, and and there's so many complications. Obviously, not being federally legal when it comes to tax standpoint, that I can't even. I can't even explain it all, but yeah, it's definitely a, a big business. All right. Yeah, let's... I think I'll call it token tax <laughs> services, right? I just made that up. I didn't even <laughs> think that one through. No. Look at he, look at you. I'm a fly. A little bit of everything. All right. So let, let's change subjects a little bit. Although I did like the steak and the sizzle uh, because I listened to your first podcast uh, a little bit this morning and you use that analogy. For uh, Ackerman. You, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. He mm-hmm. was the steak. You were the sizzle. Yeah. And I still definitely agree with that one. I bring the fun and the entertainment. He tries to bring the real questions and keep me aligned. So (laughs) my head's in the clouds in the cloud accounting, not in the clouds clouds, but yeah. Well, see, you're, you're the idea, man. You come up with token tax right away. You come up with uh, so, so that's somebody else has probably come up with that one. I just made that up. (laughs) I'm sure if you Google it, I haven't heard it. So I'm sure there is. Somebody's going to take it now if they're listening to this. Yeah. uh, You better copyright here. Just say you're copyrighted that right now on the show. Trademark token. Trademark. Is that what it is? All right. Got it. All right. It's yours now. Try Merit's TM. That's trademarked right there. I'm sure. I I don't know legal stuff. All I'm I just saying talk. the initials. I have an affinity for letters. Oh, trademark! I didn't even yeah. notice that. Yeah, trademark. Try Merit. Yeah. See, I'm a numbers guy. I don't see letters. I see numbers. When I see Try Merit, I just see what number they are. I see colors. <laughs> uh, I think in colors, right. and that's like I I'm always attracted to the colors. I like I like how the gradients of blue on yours goes from like darker blue to lighter blue. It's like the night and day kind of yeah. thing. contrast. That was not our original logo. Our original one was just straight bluish purple and then we got a marketing team and they switched it to that so don't know yeah. what that means well, it but really highlights the t yeah primary or tax and and all that like i can see tax in the logo itself yeah the first logo i think i spent 99 dollars on some online uh <laughs> company that said here's my name can you make a logo and they did oh sh- you're going to have a lot of money to spend when that ERC money comes in too. I don't know if you've talked about that on the podcast, but we've done a few podcasts on big that. Payday soon. There's, yeah. We've done a lot of employee retention credits for sure. And I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty proud of the fact that it appears that people consider me a leader in that industry because it's there's really impressive. There's a lot of misinformation out there on the employee retention credit. And it, I could get on my soapbox and we won't do it now, but I can get my soapbox for a while where I just see credits that I should really concentrate on the credits that aren't being taken. That should be because there are a 
tons of businesses that haven't taken advantage of that shit. But I get so worked up when I see credits they're taking that shouldn't be. It's just like, you know, the company just said, hey, you got $5 million in credit. I'll apply for it for you. And I look at the company afterwards. I go, you didn't have any credit. So I don't know why you're being promised these big dollars. But all right, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I knew that would shift. Sorry, you get me going. Go you get me going on the ERC. And that's a problem. I'll, I'll talk all day. We're talkers too. So that's uh, somebody's going to have to keep us in line. We're both that's, sizzle, right? I was going to say, that's why we both do podcasts. And honestly, that's, I, I'm very fortunate to have, we have a pretty big team. And so I get to just do the, uh, the talking, whether it's the podcast, whether it's webinars, whether it's in-person presentation. And, and I'm, unfortunately, lately I've been writing a lot of articles for uh, different accounting magazines and journals, which has been kind of fun. So I guess there's a meat to that, but a lot of what I do is sizzle too. You're right. Mm -hmm. No, you, you got to hold down both because you're the host. You're not a, you're not a co-host. And I've always done that to myself, made myself the, I I needed to anchor myself with somebody that had some substance too, I think. Um, Cause I I tend to feel like I'm just a vapor. Like I like to vape, you know, I have the vape (laughs) pen and I'm just vapor. I don't have a lot of substance. I'm vaporware. Right. Um, that's what Scott is, the vaporware. Well, you got some substance. I, I, you know, I've heard some of the conversations you have. You, you definitely <laughs> have something involved there. So, but, I but give myself my credit though. But you're the thinker. Ah, thinker. You're the thing, right? Is that what you are? Thinking, token, talking, tax. That's that's what it should be. Right? All the T's, but thinking, the, token, talking. You got If we're going to use letters, you're using the P's already with uh, with Nick's. Um, you should mm-hmm. be based on the the S's maybe for uh for you that's know what I got around my neck. Oh, uh, do you? Oh, Superman. Well, it's, it's S for sons, right? But it looks like Superman. It is Superman. Okay. <laughs> it's a Superman S. I'm gonna get a dollar sign one so I can have two chains. So it's um, right. there's a rapper. His name is Two Chains. That might have went. I think. Uh, uh. Well, yes. I think I may have heard that before. I'm a little older than you, so I may not know everything you know. But uh, age is a mindset. Age I don't feel mindset. old. You don't act old. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. my legs, with all the hiking we've been doing in California, my legs are feeling old right now. So check this out, though. When you say the letters, right? There's the P's. You said S's. So we're doing. I, I did a series on words that start with the letter C. I'm also working on a bunch that start with the letter A. And I want to take these as 20 minute segments and weave them together in one powerful episode. That's a C, a P, Got it. an A. So you could have communities, perspective, and accountability. And those two don't weave each other into weave together. But you know what I mean? Like if there's, if there's three topics that are somewhat interwoven, that's going to be a higher production podcast. I'll, I think I'll call that podcast the CPA <laughs> podcast, maybe. But that's uh, that's not that unique. It's evergreen that, material. That's unique right? for sure. Yeah. But the name is. Um, but I understand exactly. That's the point, yeah. right? I, I want it to be ununique in the name, and then unique in the idea, because somebody's got to own that name. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even a CPA. I don't have it tattooed on my arm like Byron does, Byron Patrick. But um, yeah. Oh, so so yeah, he has it tattooed on his arm. Who is so. Byron Patrick? He's with Botkeeper. Okay, um, I should know this. See, I don't know all this. These uh, these software packages. I know that you know you probably deal with in the all clouds. that. It's, I don't know the cloud stuff. Um, I know some of it, but again, you're the tax guy. I'm the, I'm the unique CPA. I'm the tax talker. 
Um, unicorn. All right. So should we get into any substance here? <laughs> substance. This is going to be the vaporware. Episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm already wondering what their producers are going to name this uh, podcast because they come up with I'm the excited. name. So yeah. um, we'll see if you want to assume they're going to be token tax, but I don't know. Let's, let's try to come up with a better name. I think that's probably good. All right. Well, I was going to ask you about Paget, but I think we might skip that unless we you can talk about Paget. So Paget's a franchise nationally, been around for about 55 plus years. I'm a franchisee of Paget. So my office is a Paget office. They're redefining who they are as a franchise, I think. And I don't think they're going to shy away from that, but they're not really the same that they were when I started. And that's intentional because the industry has changed Mm -hmm. the industry. And that's, that's also why I'm kind of doing this podcast. Like the sons of CPAs is a metaphor for the next generation and the next generation of accountants, the next generation of CPAs, the next generation of firms look different than they did before. You know, a lot of things kind of stayed true at the core, even at Paget, the core of our chart of accounts is never going to change, you know, and the way that we do taxes and, you know, certain systems that we have in place through and from Paget haven't changed over the years, but the makeup and the the outside, the dress, you know, the dress definitely changed. They've just rebranded new brand, fresh look. I haven't even rebranded our website or I, I still have a closet full of polos that I, <laughs> that are old Paget logos that I don't want to get rid of, but I don't even wear polos anymore. I mean, you know, so I got these, I got a lot of Paget branded stuff, like on the other side of this, wall or what you're seeing i got a big pageant logo that was on our office i don't even have an office anymore you know like what we did used to be very localized and the offerings that pageant had for franchisees was here's your local territory well right we have clients all over the country yeah we always have and the way that we did things with zero was different because they had their own proprietary software that most offices were using when i moved on to zero and so yeah i mean so again i don't want to go too deep into the nuts and bolts of it, but you know, they're kind of redefining. They got some new leadership in with Jeff Phillips and Amanda Aguilar. And, you know, they're just uh, changing and I'm sort of stuck in the middle of that bridging the gap, you know, between the old and new. Cause I know the old yep. and I'm, I am embodying the new. Yeah. I was going to say the way that we operate. I assume the change is, is good. The change is uh, needed. Change is what, yeah, it is. Yeah, change is a good C word. Um, for oh, this, uh, there you go. You got you working on the first episode of the C. Already got one. It's already recorded. Do you really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, cool. All right. Some of the things you just said. Let's talk about that because you're the next generation in public accounting. You know, uh, I think what's your podcast saying? I think I wrote it down here. Question this current state of accounting and tax industry with the next generation of professionals leading the space. We are all change agents in the industry fraught with money and inertia. What's all that mean? <laughs> what does it mean to you? It means that the profession should change and is changing and that some people... The, the older generation is probably not keeping up with change and you're out there to, to help force change. I don't know the money and inertia part of it. Yeah. Maybe I need to fix that. Maybe I need to change that. Right. Yeah. I'd, have, I'd have growth mindset on my intro. Yeah. Money and inertia is like, you know, inertia is you're content, right? People that are in a firm and in a practice that's making money, that's doing well, that's profitable. What's the incentive to change? 
you know, why would you want to change? Right. What's the motivation to go and get this new software package or do this differently than you're doing it? Cause your clients are still paying you, you know, and you're still doing fairly well across the board. A lot of firms that haven't changed and that want to do things the same way. It's because I, I read something in accounting today, like the same as last year, the Sally method, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep doing it the Sally way. Yep. Same as last year. And let's not change anything because there's already too much change going around in the world around us. But the accounting industry is to a large degree is very, very behind the times when you compare it to other industries and the other ways of doing business. And I don't know if that's because of the IRS, it's because of the bureaucracies and structures, or is it because of the employees and the firms that don't want to change? So that's, that's the money and the inertia part. You know, maybe I need to elaborate a little more on that. Okay. It makes sense. And, and I agree with you on that completely. I think change has to happen. I think a lot of, I mean, I can see, I know some larger firms that I'm not too sure they're going to survive just because their partnerships average age is so high. Uh, they don't want to change because they're at the end. And it's like, why am I going to do this now? That may be one reason private equity is looking at public accounting. Hey, let's get in now because there is opportunities. It is a cash flowing business. It is, you know, have ability to increase with different offerings now, more technology, whatever it is. But yeah, the change has to happen. Imminence, right? Oh, Yeah. I think that's that was the reason why we started the podcast is to help push things forward and to help move the industry forward. That's that was our ultimate goal okay. in doing this podcast was to continue these conversations around the next generation and to keep moving things forward. So so what are some of the pitfalls that firms are sticking to that they need to change that uh, you see or whether the top 3 or something most needed change in oh, firms. Oh, I'm all vapor, man. I don't have that <laughs> substance. I don't have that in my back pocket. I can try to tell you, like, I think part of it is, you know, everybody has the same conversations and that have been time, you know, like billing on time. This is low hanging fruit, I guess, if we're going to talk about things that still haven't changed yep. to a large degree, but I think a lot of firms have adopted a growth mindset or fi on fixed fees and starting to charge some form of fixed fees starting to restructure the way they think about time. But we started tracking time last year. We never tracked it. And now we, we track it in a way to measure profitability on clients to get our pricing right for new clients. And so I, are I know you that going backwards? I, I think so. Like, and so <laughs> I, I, I've, like I said, I don't have a very fixed mindset on anything and I can be flip-flopped to from one day to the next on ideas because somebody, we have somebody on the podcast that has a compelling argument toward time okay, well, maybe I should track time. Now I can right. figure out how profitable we are with all of our clients across the board. And we're not tracking it to keep them. I don't micromanage anybody at the yeah. firm. I, I'm, I'm very hands-off when it comes to that. What I want to know is, are we pricing things right? Or can we be more profitable? How can we tap into our profit margins? And looking at that overhead, when you're a firm that does payroll, taxes, accounting, and everything for your clients, it's kind of hard mm -hmm. to figure out where everything's going, where our resources are going. You know, offhand, my co-host tries to argue that you don't need time for anything. And I was in his corner until we started doing the podcast more and more. The time conversation continued to come up. 
and everybody tracks time at their firm. Yep. He's one of the only firms in the country that don't track time. Is that Jason? Yeah. Okay. And they do all tax. I don't think you need to track time on tax. I don't care about the time spent on tax. I think it's a lot of the cast stuff. Right. We really got to get a, get a handle on. Um, but so you're going to do it just to find that you're pricing right. And then, and then we might stop tracking it. And okay. it's, we're really trying to redefine our, so I'm also rethinking value pricing too at our firm. And I've been doing value pricing for the better part of like six years, seven years. Yeah. And I, I myself can do it, but when I try to scale that out and scale our sales process out, it all exists in my head. There is no clear fixed fee model at our firm because we flip that upside down. We never track time. We never build on time, but we had fixed fees for everything. But then when I started value pricing, now it's like this person's paying this, but this person's paying this. We're spending more time on this one and they're paying less, right. and we're much more profitable on this one. And then how does somebody adjust somebody's prices or, or offer more services to this client? And it doesn't seem very lopsided. So what we're trying to do is rebuild our pricing platform and there's more P words there, but we're trying to become more <laughs> profitability with our price. Another one performance. Yeah. All right, good. You're um, on the roll and create more processes involved in that um, to become more, you know, so I, and it's just um, at Paget, there's another P like they had a fixed pricing model that they would give everybody, but it was too low. Like, and so I, I needed to change that and, yep. and we shifted the pricing and we, we scaled that upward significantly and, realize that clients will definitely pay because they're paying for a relationship. Right. And now I just want to figure out what's a profitable price that we can walk away with and have this revenue range, this industry, this price, you know, and so have a better pricing menu or pricing matrix. We don't really have that. No. Um, and are you doing the, when you did the fixed fees or you're doing the fixed fees, is it a three tier or, or is yeah. it just, yeah, we're okay. on practicing mission, another P. Um, and so practice ignition, we have, you know, we've been doing three options, but I started following James Ashford and go proposal. He believes that, that you don't need a three options, give the person the option that they need and then work down or work wherever from that. And so we started paralleling go proposal <laughs> and practice. I know I'm doing it on purpose now. Yeah, purpose, right? yeah. So uh, go proposal and um, practice ignition. And we haven't started using Go Proposal yet, but I like the theory. I like the method behind it, a um, pricing menu and, and just everything backed by an algorithm that they have buried into the platform. Another P. <laughs> um, they, that algorithm kind of basically dictates you, you mark, check all the boxes of this client and this is the price. And then you can tweak different things, frequency, Kate, you know, I guess just the different offerings for that client's proposal to really drill in. And then, so the options are kind of built into that rather than say, here's the three options that we put together based on our call. Right. And now let's work within those to figure out what's right for you. It's almost kind of the same thing. It's still kind of offering. But it's automated or what? So this is a software platform that you can buy and it's going to help you in pricing? Sage just bought them out. Oh, really? Yeah. So Sage just bought Go Proposal. We started paying for it, but really not using it yet, but we're trying to develop this new pricing system so I can get out of the sales process. That's like the only thing at our firm that I'm still involved in. And I'm, I want out. <laughs> so, so the, what's your role after that? I don't know. Right. I got to figure out my purpose. I'm, I'm a podcaster now. <laughs> PP. You know? Purpose yeah. podcast. All right. I got to stop because now I'm listening for every time you say a P. Yeah, I'll stop. This is this wasn't going to be the P episode, but um, give me some inspiration for our next tips. 
Nice. Um, all right. So that when you were talking that whole thing, I know you recently talked to Ron Baker. Did, did that help in, the, in your whole pricing model thought process? Absolutely, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it did. It did. We had a great, I just didn't want to talk about time with him. I wanted to talk about everything else. We talked about the art of business. We talked about his history yep. and I'm just fascinated by Ron. Like I, that was the, the whole goal of the podcast back January of like 2021, when we started recording, I was like, one day I want to have Ron Baker on and Mike Michalowicz. And we got Mike coming on in April and we had Ron on a couple of weeks ago or last month. So I'm just gonna put the mic down. I'm done. Now. That's no, it. I you mean, can retire now, huh? No, it's like, and it was everything that I thought it would be. Like I, I haven't started editing the episode, but he stayed on for an extra like hour just chatting with us too. And and he, we recorded for like an hour and a half. So I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm going to chop it up into multiple episodes. Couple, yeah. Make us make a special out of it, or just release it as one. I mean, I, I love Ron. I love everything he's got about value pricing and um, his theories, and now the subscription model because every one of our clients is now paying us monthly for everything that we do for them. Uh-huh. We don't have any, I think we have maybe one client left that still pays for their tax returns separately, but almost every other one, maybe like 105 clients that are all paying a monthly fee for right. everything. Right. And we're trying to figure out what's the right fee for us to stay profitable. And, and you know, who really helped on that? We had Jody Grundon on from Summit CPAs. And, okay. and I think his model is almost perfect. Oh, that's funny. I just talked to the, the, the guys from Summit yesterday. Andy? Yeah, Andy and Jamie. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yep. and Jody or Jamie? I don't even know Jamie. There's a Jamie as well. There is a Jody, that's but Jamie is yeah. who, yep, yeah. Yeah, I was uh, actually on their, they have multiple podcasts. I was on one of their they podcasts. like three too, yeah. So I just, yeah. I love what Jody does and he still does some sales. But the way that he runs the firm is kind of similar. Like to go back to your question on what I want to do, I mean, if if I continue doing this, this is that's kind of how I want to run the firm is the way that he does. I mean, he just he has time for anything. He he hops on a call. I reached out to him on LinkedIn, and he's like, "Here's my calendar. Hop on a call whenever." And he's like, "Oh, he's got this." Seems like he's got this like very laid back approach to the way he does everything, and and the way that he's done his firm is a model, I think, for the industry going forward. I think that is. Ideally, after everybody that we've talked to, I think they're doing it right. Yeah, no, there's I, no right and wrong way, but I think they're doing it right. No, I had a great time with them, and and uh, and actually, I'm I'm doing another recording with them next week. So, cool. well, now I'll have to you know throw your name out there. I said what's up? Yeah, exactly. All right, so should we do uh, one more serious question then? Sure. All right, so we got into the pricing a little bit with the pageant. What about just business model from a, cause so you part of your whole going back to the podcast, you know, kind of shaking up the industry thing changed has to happen. Just the whole business model of partnership. And, you know, there's a divide between maybe the partner level and everybody else and not all communicating, not being on the same page. Do you have any opinion on the whole, you know, should we structure firms differently? I think Kenji and Matthew at Acuity kind of have it figured out or they're starting to um, the way that they're doing it. And it's, it's almost a reverse. I'm trying to think of like where I want to anchor this. So I knew you'd have an opinion. So that's nice. Yeah, I mean, like, so they have, they run it like a corporation and they're running it like a business, but now they've, they've merged with catching clouds and Scott and Patty now have ownership 
but they're not operating this like a partnership model yet. And that's, that's kind of how a partnership is, right? Different firms merge and then they have add more names to the board and mm-hmm. it's different silos of, of basically just still operating as different companies. Well, they're trying to create now a, they've compensated for their shortcomings as Acuity was. They take on catching clouds to bring on another industry vertical and also highly structured processes and systems into Acuity and now to try to make it more tightly woven. And they don't operate like a traditional partner model yet. They have you know, a stake now and they've, they've created a merger or acquisition or however you want to, amalgamation, however you want to call it. It's another good A word actually. Um, basically like to create another model of how corporations are typically run outside of the accounting and professional services world. So I like where they're going with it. I think they're a good model to move forward with that because they have a great approach and just on everything that they do and they know the industry and they also know where they want to go as a firm. And they're, they're on their way to 11 million now and they have, you know, over 150 people. I think that's actually kind of just a good way to, you know, again, there's no right and wrong ways. I think the partnership model just doesn't work because there's not one person at the helm. Even if you say you have a managing partner, you still have to answer to everybody. There isn't one person that can make a decision because it doesn't matter if it's unanimous. Mm-hmm. It's a decision that has to be made and no decisions get made. That's the inertia part of not changing because nobody can agree. Well, it doesn't matter. Just get on board or leave. And most of the time, a decision just has to be made. Right. And people are afraid of perfection and they fear that it's not going to be perfect or, or this person's going to be upset with this or I'm gonna, this person might leave. Nobody's going to leave, you know, overall, if everybody has the same vision and alignment in where they want to go as a firm, the one person making the decisions isn't going to everybody over because they made one decision wrong, right? Or they did something that three other people don't agree with decisions just have to be made and change has to happen. I think that's my opinion. Now I feel like I need another serious question because you can go on them, but I don't have any other serious. I, I probably do, but <laughs> give me a serious question. I could do it. Uh- <laughs> Um, actually, I can't even think. I didn't write any down. I was going off. Uh, of, well, this isn't even a question. It's just that you know all these people in the industry that I have no idea who they are. And th- this is more, I think, like software-based companies you're talking about, like this Acuity and all this. No, they're, there's a firm. They, they are. They I don't know this. Pretty much kind of like a, a CPA firm, yep. but they're not. You know, like they can't, like because of state laws and different things, you can't be a CPA firm and have... Acuity. There's different states that wouldn't allow that. I mean, but they're they're basically accounting, tax, payroll. You know, anything that a lot of firms do. Acuity, like an Acuity, I guess sounds like a software company. That's anyway, what I thought. There's yeah, you know, there's 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 other firms that I could think of, but not you know not traditionally speaking. You know, I think a lot of these firms are kind of budding up. Like you've got High Rock, that's another one that's doing things right. Liz Mason in Arizona. I mentioned her earlier, but like there's. I just have models of people that are doing things differently. Right. And that's, that's the change. I think some firms are definitely have the money and the backing to change the way they do things and model off of the new, you know, whatever's best practices and firms are going to adapt and they will, I have no doubt that every big firm will make it through on the other side and be doing things all the right ways and and scale, continue to scale up and continue to grow but some might not make it. Some may um, eventually just, you know, kind of 
stay at odds with each other and the partners don't really agree on anything and they kind of just stay still and they get left behind. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm fortunate. I know a lot of firms in the industry. I know probably the, you know, the bigger firms that's just mm-hmm. our, our base. And it, it's funny because you can see the ones that you, you know, are going to thrive that are doing things different than are not afraid to change. Like, uh, like you're suggesting. And then, uh, then there's other very large successful firms that, each partner is its own business and it's just, we're not all on the same page. And I just don't know how they survive in the long run that they're way. Very successful and they're they making are. a lot of money and there's no reason that they should change now because nobody's leaving them except employees. I mean, I think to a large degree, if they continue the way that they are treating their employees and just working them to the bone and yeah. not really focusing on their people as much, that's probably where they're going to suffer because the market I mean, the market for CPAs and for talent is, I don't know what you want to call it, just shrinking or- Well, or- the market shrinking, but I think what's happened is that there's not a lot of barriers anymore either. I mean, you can live anywhere. I mean, like we talked about, you know, you do work around the country. Josh's employees, Josh Lance are everywhere. So if you find that mm-hmm. place like Josh or you or somewhere that, you know, are going to treat you right- Security. They don't even have an Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to attract the people that everybody else wants because you give more flexibility. You give more fun. We give more freedom, whatever it is. And if you're stuck in this big firm that are working at death, why am I going to stay there? It's like reconciled. Michael Lee, um, his firm is, they're almost at a hundred people. Maybe they already are. And they've always been remote. They've never had an office. They never had a structure like that. And so that, that was their value add. During COVID, it was like, okay, well, we're doing the same as everybody else has to do now. But now on the other side of it, people are going back to the offices and these remote firms tend to be more attractive for yes. the younger base of, of talent. And so everybody has a hard time hiring right now. I mean, I, I could be very empathetic like to that situation. And that's, that's kind of why I'm hampering our growth because I don't want to have to go back out and hire more. I mean, uh-huh. I think we can kind of deal with what we have internally. Also, I'm just not that focused with the firm as much as I should be. But um, you're an open book yeah. too. That's I, for and sure. It's just, yeah, I don't, really, I, just, I don't have any secrets. I think I'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you know, everybody. I don't know everybody. Cause when you start talking about traditional firms, I don't even know the names of the top four firms. I honestly, I think it's PWC and EY. And I don't even know the uh, Deloitte maybe. And, Deloitte I, like, and KP, I, I don't know much about KPMG. All right. We got them yeah, all. There you go, KPMG. Right. And I couldn't tell you what the acronyms are. I, Price Waterhouse, Cooper, maybe PWC, but I, I don't, I don't know much about that world. Um, that's, that's a world that I've kind of just never really dipped my head into. I think that's a, whole nother exploration of people that I'd like to meet is who, who's running these big firms. I would like to have them on my podcast and uh, see what they're doing differently. I don't know. I probably had four or five of the top hundred firm managing partners on the podcast, I'm guessing. You'll have to introduce me. Yeah. yeah there's see. some really, really interesting people out there. And those are the ones. That's my next step is to see traditionally speaking, what these firms are doing to differentiate themselves for the market um, yep. to continue to stay relevant because I think they will. Yep. And I think what they're doing is probably really interesting too. Yep. I mean, the, the people that I, Richard Coltman from Aprio, I think he's doing a great job. Uh, John Sensaba from Sensaba San Felipe. So didn't Richard change his middle name? That was, that was kind of uh, my thing. Oh, you know this like, story, huh? Because North Carolina, I, yeah. because of my state. Yep. And yep. so. Yes, um, it is. 
<laughs> and that's that's another one I would I would love to have Richard on um, because I I know that story very well and I I admire that I think that's, I'm that just amazed how many people know the story because I I knew about it like right when it happened he said don't tell anybody and now I talk to people and everybody knows the story so yeah. it, it's funny uh, I think that's the second time it's come up on this podcast in the last couple of weeks I love it yeah. But he does interesting stuff. Uh, um, I was just thinking about that because Bruce was supposed to be on our podcast. Bruce he's Phillips. A, he's a big change agent. Yeah, he's an OG. Like he was. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Phillips. Um, you know, he's Blake sold his firm to Bruce. Or, yep. You know, basically. And then before he became Aprio. Yeah, I didn't know that what the whole connection was. My new Blake Oliver had a connection with Bruce Phillips and then Bruce Phillips merged in with Aprio and now it's Aprio Cloud and they may have changed the name again. I'm not sure. And, and our outsourced team is the same one they use. A double rule turned into um, the back room and that's because they knew zero and they had a process. So our outsourced team is, is kind of connected to that as well. All right. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap up. So, so maybe this is your role going forward as just podcast host, podcast guest. Uh, you're just going to need a lot more sponsors probably to make that a career. I'm going to need some sponsors. Yeah, I got to get a new chain. That's a uh, 10% of our budget line item is my next chain. Chain like necklace chain or what are you talking about? Oh yeah, diamonds right. chain. There I want to get one. That's the, that's a dollar sign. Like so, for, it's my initials, right? The Superman. Oh, that's the it. Sign, SS. Yeah. See, it I didn't even make sense to me when you said you wanted another S. I didn't understand why. Now I get it. This is it's not a number. It's It's a letter. That's why. So my (laughs) wife's an editor. So so she you know she's got the two chains. She's got she's got the letter side of thing. I got the number side of thing, and we work well together there. But I just have the toddler side of things. I noticed this in my daughter, in my youngest. So I got three kids, and my oldest is fourteen, and I didn't see it as much because I was never around. I was always working. Yeah, like eighty ninety hours a week. Yeah, and now that I am working at home. I can see in my youngest the way she is with her sorting things, taking her pile of toys and moving them around and like sorting the colors. And I just see that that's how I am now as an adult. Like I, I like the um, organization. That's how, that's my accountant side of me, you know, and I want things to be organized. I want them to be, you know, kind of just fitting in. Mm-hmm. There's always a right answer to, to things. And I like that. I'm very much, I wouldn't have guessed that their place. I, I know you wouldn't have guessed it, but that's like deep, deep within me, my subconscious, it matters. Like the books behind me are sorted by color. And I actually, <laughs> I, I see I, that now. Wow. That's crazy. I, I, I don't like it right now. Cause I don't need to fix that. There's, there's some colors that need to be moved around. And Is this an OCD thing? I was like, OCD. So I was born. I'm not, I don't have CPA behind my name, but I have a lot of letters. I was born with OCD, really? HD. Yeah. You know? So all of my credentials were just handed to me down <laughs> genetically. They weren't, I didn't have to take a test see, for that. See, the, 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 but this is something that I don't think, I don't think kids should be labeled with that kind of stuff because then they think that is them. I don't know. If you I have wasn't an opinion. as a kid. Okay. I, I labeled myself. You later. did. Okay. Like, yeah. It was like my brother was the one who got the labels and I think it hurt him down the line because that was like always his handicap. Nobody ever gave me a handicap because I did well in school. Like I ultimately, like I, I did well and then I got kicked out of college. And <laughs> so then I had to <laughs> figure out my way back um, into this whole world. But yeah, I mean, I was like, I figured it out later. Like yeah. definitely I have a tension deficit and yeah. You know, so well, that one um, I would have guessed. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but mix that with the OCD and it's a different side of the spectrum, right? Like that it's, is, uh, I'm sure it's everywhere. Oof, it's hard to deal with me sometimes. Well, I was labeled as the shy kid growing up and I don't think that really fits. I just didn't want to say anything unless it was important. And now I don't care if it's important or not. I'll say it. So I think it served you well though, because now you do have some substance and I like, you know, where you went with this conversation and you know, I think that you're introverted, extrovert, maybe, um, if that's how, yeah, probably, uh, um, yep. see, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people that call themselves that, and, you know, Josh is very much like that too. Uh, you know, I just, I, I use him as an example because you know, Josh, but it's like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think naturally you tend to be able to move around and talk to have different conversations with people because you're an observer too, maybe. Yeah. I'll take that. Uh, I'm not sure if it's true, but I'll take it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great for me. A couple of things before we wrap up. One, uh, anything else you want to add? Added enough. We're on. Do you only record for like a half hour for most of these? Well, 25 minutes oh, is the Jesus. goal. This is going to be a devil episode. <laughs> or they're going to have to really edit it down. Well, they'll edit out your part of it. Just leave me in is probably what we'll do. Okay. So. <laughs> That'll sound like, so I'll be asking. I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> You'll have some mic bleeds. Into, like I've probably interrupted you a few times. Well, I've done the so, same. Yeah. That's about, but we have two tracks. So I think they just take out those interruptions. Uh, ah, yeah. 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 So I'm pretty sure that's what they do. I, I honestly don't listen to the shows after they're recorded, but I think if I talk <laughs> over you, they probably edit my portion out. So I listen to mine too much because I got to edit it. I spend like five hours editing and then I'll listen to it again as a listener after I've released it. <laughs> I learn stuff from it. Sometimes. No, and I should do that. I have to listen to one I recorded last week just because I know there's some things I have to edit out and I have to ah. tell them what to edit. And so they're waiting for me to go listen to it and tell them, okay, at this minute, Mark, you did need- you say something wrong or did you say something you don't want to repeat? It's, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was the ah. guest that I'm not sure he'll say it's fine. I'm not sure <laughs> if I put it past the legal team, they would want it out there. So Oof, that's why we don't have a legal team <laughs> on mine. I'll just release everything. We have about six lawyers that, that are, uh, you know, you have to, as company. big as your firm is. Yeah. And, and TriMerit, you're representing TriMerit with this too. So, right. In fact, one of our partners is an attorney. Yeah, that's the thing with TriMerit. We're not all CPAs. In fact, for the longest time, I was the only CPA. Now we probably have four or five CPAs, I'm guessing. Probably got five or six attorneys, tons of engineers. You're on your way to be that. After this this check gets cast for the ERC, you're probably in the top 100. <laughs> for damn sure, right? Like, do, Have you ever figured that out or looked at that? No, we wouldn't be top 100. This year, we'll be very, we'll probably increase from last year, which, you know, which was a huge increase from two years ago. And then we'll see what happens. I'm kind of like you. I'm getting myself out of everything <laughs> except... Dude, we're so far removed, right? I, I can't answer too many questions yeah. and I love it. It serves me well. When a client asked me a question, I said, you know what? I don't even do my own taxes. So I got a, I talked to somebody this morning in the firm and he said, oh yeah, I, I just uh, handed that off to Julie. I go, we have a Julie? Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, I think she's new. I'm like, I probably should know this. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, it, and that's like when you're out of that process and you know, it's working, you know, you've built something that's going to last, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool. It, uh, you know, it's and I've t- said this on the podcast here before, but when I gave up 
the managing partner role five years ago and my partner took it over. He is so much better at that process end of things and, and coordinate everything internally and, you know, getting, we have the marketing team now and we have the, you know, specific 179D team and the 45L team and the R&D team and the ARC team. They're all different. We all get together, you know, communally on whatever, but there are specific people for specific jobs and the whole, well, here's our, you know, mission going forward. So that's not my thing. I, I, I'm not good at it. I'm good at this. I'm good at going out and educating CPAs. And that's where I have fun. Are you the visionary? Visionary. I think I'm, I, I think I'm. It's an EOS term. I think I'm very good. So I haven't done this. So there's this, what's this? There's this one thing you do where you find your top five traits that make you who you are. I can't think of what Working it's called. Genius? Is it the Pat Valencioni thing? Or? Yeah. The people on the firm say, you need to do this. So I need to do it. It's for, it's for visionary. Oh, it could be like the, uh, I don't know. There's visionary integrator and EOS, but there's a lot of different personalities. Right. It's, I'm know. sure it's something like that. Yeah. My thing is I can come up with the idea. I can see where we're supposed to go. I just can't take us there. I can facilitate the, the you take it 10% of the way there. I just, I can't, I can't do the whole, let's put all the processes in so, place to get so us you're there. you're the visionary and you you described your partners, managing partner as the integrator. Um, that's yep. kind of how it is at our firm and, and everybody needs, every visionary needs an integrator and every integrator needs a visionary um, because a visionary that can do it at all is Josh Lance. Yeah. <laughs> He's a integrator and visionary and that's hard to come by. Yep. That's, a, that's a unicorn. That's a unique CPA right there. There you go. Well, he was he was on the one of the first probably six shows. <laughs> we, that is, we go back. We start with Josh. We're ending with Josh. Uh, uh, the one last thing then before, if anybody does want to find out more about you or reach out to you or find the podcast or where do oh, they look? I need more followers on Twitter. Twitter yeah, I put yeah. this in the beginning too. I, I gotta follow me on Twitter. I never cared about that until like now that I see that I have a very sorry following on. Twitter. I'm the same way. Scott Scarano on Twitter. Yeah. And um, our podcast is uh, Sons of CPAs. Find it on Apple, Spotify, any of those others. And then if you like it, leave us a review too. They, they love that stuff. If you want to connect with me, I'm on LinkedIn. There you go. All right. Well, hey, this I had fun. Enjoyed it. We, uh, we went about 500 different directions. I was nervous, but you've made me feel comfortable. I'm usually not on this side of the mic. Yeah. I'm on the other side of the mic. I've gotten used to being on that side lately. And I'm not high either. So, <laughs> so look at you. You've got through this all on your own. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate you being on this. So That little Wayne's help. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for being here. Thanks, Randy. Thank you for joining us today. And you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode, where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading edge management techniques and styles. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios. 